disapprove. Who's wrong? Who's right? Approve. If policy is a collective strategy to solve social problems, then how do we come to that collective agreement? This podcast will look at values in social welfare. Values basically are those beliefs that we hold to be right or good for ourselves. As we look at value clarification material, we learn that values are are those beliefs that we prize and cherish. We've chosen them from alternative value positions. We're willing to state them in public. They're effectively charged for emotional mobilization. Uh, They're important, uh, about important rather than trivial concerns. Uh, They become the criteria by which our goals are chosen. They're conceptual abstractions drawn from our immediate experience. But basically, it's what we believe to be right or good for ourselves. Now basically, when we look at values, and we we look at this coming together, this synergistic evolution of the institutions of polity, religion, and economy, that synergistic coming together creates both social problems and their solutions, and social welfare and social work are the result. As we've looked at the institution of social welfare, we have focused on the two major purposes. One, social treatment, helping, but also social control. Values really permeate social welfare. What ought we provide? How are we to deal with deviance? Attitudes and values are couched in religious, moral, patriotic terms, and often are presented as facts rather than as beliefs. The next time you go to a party, just listen to the conversations about current issues. Look at how people respond to health care issues, of what's right, of what's wrong. Oftentimes, what they're really talking about are their value preferences, their value beliefs. But it comes across as this is fact. That's how impassioned we become about our beliefs oftentimes. As we search for where our values come from and the reasons for the way we treat others, we, we find that uh, oftentimes uh, they come from a multitude of, of sources. Uh, basically, the, the base of values concerning social treatment and social control uh, stem from our focus on mutual aid, uh, the desire to to help one another, um, 
to, to respond to our neighbor who's in distress, to help out, to be of value to others. Um, also, it, it provides uh, a protection from, from others and in otherness. These values are often contradictory and have caused dilemmas in the way that our social institutions work. Well, let's look at American social values. Many values affect human services and all seem so positive, we overlook that they can be negative for certain groups in our society. Well, what are some of the basic values in our society? One is certainly the capitalistic Puritan value system. This really becomes the basis of conservative thinking. Basic assumptions are that people are responsible for their own success or failure. Human nature is basically evil but can be overcome by active will. A person's primary purpose is the acquisition of material prosperity, which is achieved through hard work. The primary purpose of society is the maintenance of law and order, so that this acquisition is possible. The unsuccessful or deviant person is not deserving of help, although effort should be made up to a point to rehabilitate or spur the person to greater efforts on his or her own behalf. The primary incentives to change are to be found in economic or physical rewards and punishments. We might contrast that then with a humanistic, positivist, utopian value system. Um, this becomes the basis of liberal thought. The basic assumptions are that primary purpose of society is to fulfill people's material and emotional needs. If people's needs were fulfilled, then they would attain a state that is variously described as that of goodness, maturity, adjustment, or productivity, in which most individual and social problems would be solved. What hampers people from attaining this state are external circumstances, which are not generally under their individual control may be ascribed to lack of education, economic circumstance, childhood relationships, and social environment. These circumstances are subject by, to manipulation by those who possess sufficient technical and scientific knowledge and who use in general what is known as the scientific method. Consequently, individuals in society are ultimately perfectible. Well, that in part reflects some of the great debates, uh, the basis uh, of some of the great debates that we have uh, with one another uh, and, and where we, we come to differ. What's really important in, in this discussion is that rather than trying to shout down one another, what we really need to do is to come together to look at what are the value biases, what are the value positions, uh, what forms the basis for our response to a particular problem. And 
what we've got to understand is that this is so important in terms of not just the solution to a problem, but our values determine the very nature of how we understand the problem. So values shape both the understanding or our definition of the problem, as well as it then serves to define our solutions to the problem. Well, what then are, are some of the positions uh, or uh, other factors that, that are predominant in American society in terms of our value orientation? Certainly, in terms of the capitalist Puritan value system and the humanist positivist utopian value system, running behind and, and almost parallel to, to that is that of the Judeo-Christian tradition. Uh, now I talk about this again, don't get me wrong, I am not a proponent of, um, of one religion over the other. I'm really talking about what we look at in terms of shaping, and I well understand divergence and diversity of religious belief, of which is really uh, key to our, our society, uh, to our country, but at the same time, uh, to look at, at those value elements that, that do shape and impact um, uh, the development of what is considered to be right or wrong. So as we look at some of the basic assumptions then of, of the Judeo-Christian tradition, uh, people are created beings. One of their major problems is the fact that they act as if they were not and try to be autonomous. People are fallible, but at the same time are capable of great courage and unselfishness. Difference between individuals in terms of good and bad is insignificant compared with the standard demanded by their creator, and as a consequence, a person cannot judge others in such terms. People's greatest good lies in terms of their relationship with others and with their creator. People are capable of choice in the active and willing sense, but may need help in making this choice and love is always the ultimate victor over force. So in great extent, social work ethics reflect Judeo-Christian values. Uh, social work practice owes more to, to other individualistic values. And the result is that social programs are not always socially just. So what are other value positions? One is talked about as the democratic egalitarianism and individualism. Egalitarianism would hold all citizens are created equal before the law. No citizen is better than the other. No one has privileges based on class, heritage, wealth, or other factors. However, in contrast, we have that of individualism the ideal of individual effort and motivation by which anyone can, can achieve success. 
To be self-reliant and asking for help denotes weakness. And it leads to blaming the victim. If you did not accomplish something, if you lost your job, it's your fault. Uh, if you didn't save enough money, it's your fault. If your house is foreclosed on, it's your fault. Basically, everything then, in terms of that individualistic view, your successes are due to your own effort, as well as your failures are due to your lack of effort. One of the things that we often talk about is the Protestant work ethic and capitalism. And we'll look at that more historically, but it's kind of interesting because in part, it, the Protestant work ethic became the very moral basis for, for American capitalism. Uh, it, it was really the belief that, that hard work um, was, was just not um, something you did to achieve success on the job, but it become, became a moral duty. It became a way to achieve salvation, uh, that uh, uh, if life on earth was unpleasant, uh, if you toiled and were unhappy, um, that very fact would, would ensure salvation in the end. It becomes then a, a complex of, of values that include individualism and patriotism, personal achievement and worth, morality of wealth. We work for economic gain as a way to achieve success and that wealth is a sign of personal morality and the belief that poverty is the result of laziness or degeneracy. Now, I think many of us are, are trying to redefine these values as we try to achieve meaning and as we look that, you know, every generation that goes forth cannot be wealthier or more successful than, than the past. So we've got to begin to learn to look at other measures of how we determine our worth, develop our self-image, our, our goodness of, of being a person as something other than just the wealth we amass or the work that we do. Certainly another perspective is that of social Darwinism. Now basically Darwinism was a biological theory that was never intended to become an, an economic one. And it held basically that organisms unable to survive in an ecological niche will die out. But Malthus made the theory into a social and economic one in which he said economically unfit should not be saved by public assistance. It spills over to those who are different and not as good as us. It legitimizes oppression and discrimination. So it's important to understand Malthus really took something that, that Darwin never intended it to be applied to. And uh, 
we've, however, kind of imbued that in, in, in its found its way into our, our social thinking of how we evaluate others and uh, uh, look at survival of the fittest in terms of, of an economic and, and, and social perspective rather than uh, merely as a biological one. The new Puritanism arose from political, economic, and religious changes in the 14th century. It's become the, the political thrust of the religious right. Lobbies today for legislation to enforce compliance to the patriarchal and Puritan values of the past. Chastity, honesty, abstinence, proper behavior, sanctity of marriage, and patriarchal authority in the home militant on the side of domestic law and order, curtail reproductive services. And again, we see this as a debate in our health care in terms of health care for women and whether or not health uh, reform should include uh, any provision uh, within insurance for allowing women uh, to have an abortion or not. Um, that's just one element of where that we see that coming into play. Patriarchy, a system in which power and authority are vested in men. Male authority permeates every institution. Uh, institution. Spheres of competence, the women's places in the home, the controls, the dependency of, of women and the work roles of men. Marriage in the nuclear family. Marriage is a social, sexual, and economic relationship. Despite the divorce rate, the nuclear family, husband, wife, and a few children remain the ideal. Expectations of marriage. Fidelity is demanded for women and overlooked for men. Pregnancy is based or blamed on the woman and heterosexuality is required. We can also look at the American ideal. Values about personal appearance interact with other attitudes in society and underline self-concepts. The white Anglo-Saxon Protestant ideal, the emphasis on white middle class, white pioneers and Native American savages and black slaves. Values include individualism, racism, male work ethic and female dependency stereotypes. Discrimination against those who look different than the handsome or pretty ideals. Negative self-concept if we are different. Well, these become some of the, the major types of, of value orientations that we can, we can identify in relationship to uh, American society. And I think that, that one of our struggles uh, is, uh, you know, what should be the direction we take in approaching and dealing with the great social issues of the today. We see the values being played out, talk radio, 
conservative talk radio versus liberal talk radio. Uh, uh, religious leaders on all spectrums. Well, who's right? Who's wrong? Um, what I want you to do is as you look at issues and debates in public, as you listen to others, I want you to focus on identifying, categorizing the value positions that people take. I want you to look at, at the beliefs you hold. Where do they come from? What are your value biases? Uh, are they the correct ones? Do you need to, to, to change? Have you really considered uh, the consequences? And have you looked and chosen your value positions from, from alternatives? Or are these ones that you've grown up with? Or have just adopted because you thought, well, that's the right thing to do without really having thought about it? So that's the focus uh, of, of this particular discussion. Look at the value biases in social policy, how values determine not only the solution to the problem, but the very manner in which we work to uh, really define uh, the problem that we're going to focus on. Thank you.